Welcome to the Grace Baptist Church podcast, and thanks for joining us for this episode. Before we begin, please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd like to extend an invitation to you and your family to join us for worship this week at Grace Baptist Church. We'd also love to connect with you online at gracekettering.org. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy the episode. You're dismissed and uh, we're going to jump into our Bible study tonight, adults, and look forward to what God's going to do in our hearts. I trust this will be an encouragement to you. And uh, we're going to Jonah. Now I know in uh, Brother Dennis's class you're in Jonah. And so I'm not trying to steal any thunder there, but we do want to look at a passage of Scripture. I'm sure you are having a marvelous time in there. I really want to look at the center part of the, uh, of the book of Jonah, and uh, trust that this will be an encouragement for you. In our series, Talk Less, Pray More, and uh, just looking at uh, prayers in the Bible here tonight, a prayer from a wayward prophet. And uh, before we get into that, we're going to read chapter number two and listen to that. Out of the Welcome Center, there is a, uh, an issue um, on Roe versus Wade out there. Uh, as you can imagine, that has come up in the topic of uh, the news topics uh, throughout the week. And you should be aware of uh, just some of the things that, you know, with all the hubbub of this, uh, what does this mean? Um, if it is overturned, what does that mean? Uh, obviously, uh, there's many people that are upset about that, but you need to be informed. This uh, document can help you out with being informed about that. Obviously, um, we cannot legislate morality. There's a, a greater need in our country, and that is a changing of hearts. And uh, so I'm all for this going back to the states where it belongs. Um, and that, that's what overturning Roe versus Wade would do is, is send it back to the states and allow the states to decide that. Um, what you're hearing in the news is that this is an end of abortion. It's not an end of abortion. It would simply send it back to the states, and we should be against legalizing uh, the murder of the unborn. But at the same time, uh, we need to be concerned for our nation, which is, at this point, uh, there's, there's so much other moral issues that are leading to this part. So uh, just something to be in prayer about, and uh, also just printed this off for your own information. If you're interested, it is out there, and uh, we certainly need to be in prayer for our nation. Uh, much, much division, and uh, running away from God certainly brings uh, that type of division. Let's look at uh, Jonah chapter number 2. And uh, let's read this. I'm going to read these nine verses, these ten verses, and then we're going to jump into our lesson this evening. Then Jonah prayed unto his God out of the fish's belly, and I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me out of the belly of hell, cried I, and thou heardest my voice, for thou hast cast me into the deep, in the midst of the seas and the floods compass me about, all thy billows, thy billows, he's describing those to the Lord, and thy waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again. Notice that word look. I will look again toward thy holy temple. Uh, in the temple of the Lord was where the presence of the Lord was. This is where, uh, where a relationship with God was had or was experienced. And so he's, I will look to thy holy temple. Verse five, the waters compass me about, even to the soul. 
The depths closed round about me. The weeds were wrapped about my, uh, about my head. He's literally describing the feelings that he had there in the, in the great fish's belly. Verse 6, I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth her with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came in unto thee in thine holy temple. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy, but I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed salvation is of the Lord. And then notice this answer from the Lord. And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon, dry, upon the dry land. And let's pray. Father, would you guide us tonight and encourage our hearts. Thank you for the study that's happening in the growth group with Brother Dennis in this um, passage of Scripture, these passages. And I pray that you just especially touch our hearts with this prayer that uh, you, uh, that you uh, orchestrated circumstances to put Jonah in such a situation that he had to cry out to you. So I pray that you would guide us, and, and even this week, as we find ourselves in situations sometimes that we've gotten ourselves into and other times brought on by others, Lord, I pray that we would follow the same way of just praying, crying out to you, pouring out our soul, and uh, trusting that you will answer. And so we thank you for what you'll do. I do ask for the teen classes and the children's classes tonight. Lord, I thank you for all the workers that are working in those, uh, those different classes. Encourage them, strengthen them, fill them with your spirit. But I do pray that you would touch the hearts of each child and teenager on site tonight, that you would uh, help them to understand your truth, the, the gospel first of all, and that you'd help them understand what it is, the next step they need to take uh, in order to obey and please you. We pray that you would just work in hearts, especially tonight. Bless us, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. So Jonah was a prophet, right? He was a preacher. He was someone that God had called to bring a message from God to people. And so he's this, this prophet. Uh, he, he did not have a Bible that he opened up and studied, but he did have the word of the Lord, and the word of the Lord came to him, and he was to, uh, to deliver that to others. So he had this task specifically of bringing this message. It doesn't tell us whether he had the, the task of bringing uh, a message to his own people. Someone surmised that, uh, and, and, and that would be very likely, but he had specifically, as we see him, he has this task of bringing a message from God to very heathen people, to the enemies of his nation. And so as such, it was a difficult assignment, you would understand if, if God sent you uh, to bring the, the gospel message to the enemies of our country, you would understand there would be a, there would be a little bit of a struggle there. It, it could be a, a large struggle, and he did have that. And so rather than obeying God, we know the story, he runs from God. He runs very far from God. In fact, I want the guys to help me out with these maps and just understand how far from God he ran. Understand that, that from where he was, uh, he went down to to Joppa, which was about a 50-mile, I don't have a map for that, it was about a 50-mile trek from his, his homeland, and he runs all the way as far as possible to Tarshish, which in really in, in the Bible is, is kind of, um, it's kind of known for, it's the city that, that, that depicts a lot of distance. So he ran as far as he possibly could 
away from God. When Nineveh, it's 2,500 miles to go uh, uh, away from Nineveh, it would have been 550 miles about that to go up to, to Nineveh and just follow the Lord in that way. So uh, understand that, uh, that many times when we are running away from God or we're, we're resisting God or resisting His Spirit, uh, we'll often take a very, very long route away from God. And it doesn't always make sense, but that's what we'll do. And so he did that. He wanted to get as far away from God or far away from Nineveh as humanly possible. And he did that by way of the Mediterranean Sea. And so he finds a ship. We know the story. He finds a ship. And uh, in verse number three, he is fleeing to Tarshish. He's fleeing specifically from the presence of the Lord. Now, when we come into this story, very quickly we get into this matter of he's on a boat and he finds himself in the middle of the storm. And I want us to notice that in chapter 1, verse number 2. Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. God cares about all the nations of the world, whether they are our allies or not, whether we're in good relationship with them or not, God cares about all the people of the world. Verse number three, but Jonah rose up to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. He paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. And it's a very scary thing when we are running from the presence of the Lord. Very scary thing. And do remember this, it doesn't, matter, it doesn't matter what we're running from. If we're running from the presence of the Lord, uh, and it doesn't matter what we're going to, it could be a good thing in our lives. It, it, it could be we're chasing after something else that everyone else in our life would say, hey, that's a pretty good thing. But if we're running from the presence of the Lord, we're in bad shape. We're in bad shape. And he tells us to seek him with all of our hearts, and uh, that's what pleases him. So, He's running from the presence of the Lord. Verse number four, look at it with me. But the Lord, but the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea. Now, can anyone help me out? Does anyone remember uh, later on in the New Testament, we find another storm on the Mediterranean Sea. What is that storm called? Eurachlodon. My pastor growing up always used to just say that with kind of, you know, the ominous tone, need a, a piano rumble, Eurachlodon. You know, just, I just, it is, it is ensconched in my mind. So Eurachlodon, and that was a northeastern storm. So the Mediterranean was known for its storms. Here is a storm, a very, very bad storm. And I want us to think about the purpose of the storm, the purpose of the storm. It, it says here that it was a great wind that the Lord sent, and it was a mighty tempest so that the ship was like to be broken. Paul's ship was, was cast upon the rocks. It was shipwrecked. He understood that. It was a very, very dangerous storm. And, and we might think, boy, these, these sailors, and oftentimes sailors kind of uh, would get a bad rap. It, you, know, uh, you know, they cuss like a sailor or something like that. You know, you know how we talk about uh, sailors in that, that way. These, these guys were rough seafaring individuals. They were merchants, and they were, uh, they were rough in that way. Just understand something. We might think, okay, the storm is for the, the bad guys. Now, if you, if you had met Jonah, if you had met Jonah, it's not like you, you could just look at him and say, boy, he's running from the Lord. He's running from the Lord. He's just written all over his face. He's running from the Lord. You know, it's possible for us to be in church on a regular basis and to be a Jonah. And no one else to know it. So, you know, you could be in a situation like this. Hey, 
this is because these guys are under the judgment of God, not, not, certainly, not certainly me. This isn't God getting after me. Uh, certainly it's for the godless sailors, but the Bible says that the Lord sent the storm, and then in verse number 12, notice what Jonah says when he says, hey, I want you to cast me overboard. Notice what Jonah says. He says, take me up and cast me forth, so shall the sea be calm unto you, for I know that for my sake, this great tempest is upon you. For my sake, this great tempest is upon you. You know what? There's another thing about us when we're running from the Lord. We know when the Lord's chastening us. We know when God is coming after us. We know when the Holy Spirit is zeroing in on us and when, when the, the storm in our life is about us, not anyone else around, when it's about us. And so here he's, he's saying to, to godless individuals, how do we know they're godless? They were calling everyone on their own God. Hey, make sure that you're calling. Everyone calling their own God. And, and he's saying to them, listen, it's not for your sake, but it's for my sake this great tempest is upon you. God isn't coming after you. He's coming after me. He's chastening me. Jonah knew in his heart that he was the reason for the storm. And so what I want us to really gather here tonight is the, the key, the, the key that really we need to take home with us. The storm was not for the heathen. It was for the prophet. The storm was not for the heathen, it was for the prophet. Now, think about that. In our lives, sometimes we can look around us, even in this, this country, and we can see the, the mayhem and the, and the judgment of God, and we can look, well, it must be for somebody, somebody else, but not for us. But I think it's good for us as God's people to stop and say, Lord, what do I need to realize in the middle of this storm? What do I need to realize about this storm that I'm going through in my family? Is this, are you trying to get my attention? Now, Jonah had the good sense to be able to say boldly and really in front of these guys, have to say very humbly, this storm is about me. This storm is God coming after me. God wanted him to go to Nineveh, 550 miles northeast of Palestine. He goes 2,000 plus miles the other direction. This storm is about me. You know, God wanted, God wanted Jonah to be able to take a trip over the Fertile Crescent. He wanted him to, it was going to be over land, as your quote there in your notes say by uh, Woodring. Uh, the Jews didn't like the sea as much, and that wasn't, the, that wasn't where they were comfortable. He was willing to go to a place that was uncomfortable, very far away among heathen, God cursing individuals and spend time with them uh, rather than going where the Lord had said to go in a much better path. No, he went the opposite direction. Instead, of, instead uh, of going to where the Lord would go with him, Nineveh, he fled from the presence of the Lord. You know, many times God's people can be unaware that the judgment or the punishment or the storms in our lives are about us. We don't want to admit it. Oh, no, this isn't mine. This is somebody else's. You know, the Bible says in 1 Peter 4 and verse number 17, for the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. What's that word judgment? It's a legal term. It's a legal term. It's the idea of God's divine sentence. God's divine sentence. You know, I, I wonder how much in our nation right now is laid at the hands of or the feet of believers we've been carnal we've been lukewarm we've lost our vibrancy 
We've allowed, we've allowed prejudice. We've allowed so many things into our hearts. And God brings in these storms into our lives. And, well, certainly it's because of all those people that are rioting. It's, it's those people. Uh, it's because of the bad people in an office somewhere. It, it's those people. Because of the godless people around me. God's trying to get our attention in our nation. I believe that with all of our heart. When God brings storms into our lives personally, he is trying to get our attention. What was he trying to do with Jonah? Um, be mean to him? No. Jonah, I want your attention. I want your attention. The purpose of the storm, storms is one of the tools that God uses to get our attention. I read this morning in Psalm 7 and verse 11, it caught my attention because I was studying for this. God judgeth the righteous and God is angry with the wicked every day. God, God is focused. He wants righteousness. He wants truth everywhere. He wants it in my life as much as he wants it in the highest office of the land. And when it's not there, he's going to bring judgment. In fact, God's going to chasten his own. And so he brings judgment. Judgment must begin at the house of God. That legal sentence must begin at the house of God. That verse goes on to say, and if it first begin at us, what shall be the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? So if God's concerned with chastening me or you, what's going to happen to those that have rejected the gospel? And so the purpose of the storm, God's trying to get his attention. And so notice what happens Jonah, in chapter number two, as we read, this is really where I want to focus, is this prayer. Uh, he cries out to God. He cries out to God. And the prayer of the prophet is, Jonah makes, makes a prayer out of the fish's belly. I think that's kind of an interesting, uh, one of the more interesting verses in the Bible. Uh, it's certainly a unique verse in the Bible. No one else has prayed from a, a fish's belly. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is, this is uh, quite an interesting uh, arrangement. It, um, maybe there's been one other person swallowed in history. I don't know. I mean, this is, this is pretty amazing. That at least, but God doesn't, God doesn't put it down for us. Um, so here's this, this prayer, and I want us to notice, he says in verse number, is it verse number four, uh, verse number three, uh, two, that he cries from the depths of hell has he cried. What's the idea there? He cries from the doorstep of death. We have the other side, we have the rest of the story. Jonah didn't know that he was going to live. I mean, as he's praying through here, uh, he's describing, hey, uh, I'm, I'm in pretty bad shape. I'm at the doorstep of, of death. There's three parts to this prayer. I mean, it, it could be divided down different ways, but it, it seems that there's three parts to the prayer. Verses 2 through 4, Jonah prays, and he starts each part of the prayer. He prays, uh, basically uh, describing the condition. So notice verse number two, and I cry by reason of the, uh, the affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me out of the belly of hell, cried I. I am near death. I am I'm really close to death. I mean, I'm right on the precipice of death. And so he's describing that. And then it's interesting how uh, he goes on, and, and, I, and thou heardest my voice, for uh, thou hast cast me into the deep, and into the midst of the sea, and the floods can pass me, all thy billows and thy waves pass over me. Then said I, I am cast out of thy sight, and then notice, yet, yet will I look again toward thy holy temple. So it's interesting how he starts out in these, these different segments. He starts out, here's, here's my situation, I'm really close to death, I am like, I, the billows are overpassing me, I feel surrounded, and so on, yet, will I look to that holy temple? And so he has these pivot points. He prays, and he has these pivot points. Maybe you have those with the Lord. You pray a little bit, cry out to the Lord, and then, 
yes, but Lord, I know you are there. And you have these pivot points. Well, he had these pivot points all the way through his prayer. Verse 5 through 6, Jonah's in the belly of the great fish. He literally describes uh, how he feels surrounded, has this seaweed about his head. Yuck. I mean, you talk about a nasty feeling, uh, being surrounded by the belly of, I mean, just yuck. I mean, there's, there's no good way to describe that. Certainly the stomach acid, um, not a pleasant situation. It almost may, I wonder how many times he's like, man, I just wish I would have listened to the Lord. I mean, just really. So he it describes that in verse number five. Uh, it's compassed around me. The depths have closed in around me. No doubt there's the, the feeling of pressure. I don't know how far down this great fish went. I was thinking he said he went down to the bottom of the mountains. I don't know how far he went down. It'd be very interesting to, uh, to know what, what was the deepest part of the, the Mediterranean. I did not look that up. I should have. And, uh, but the depths close in round about me. And then he again goes in verse number six, yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. There's another yet. There's another pivot point, okay? Lord, this is what I'm feeling, yet you're the one that brought me back up. You're the one that rescued me out of this situation as he, as he writes this. And so he goes on in verse number seven, uh, when my soul fainted, no doubt, wouldn't you have? Can you imagine the smell? I don't know about you. You get uh, near like, a, like one of those, uh, over in West Virginia, we go over to Fish Hatchery. They have rainbow trout, and they have uh, brown trout, and they have, uh, what's the other, golden trout. And uh, Petersburg is the home of the golden trout. And so they have at least two, uh, two fish hatcheries, and they stink. Oh, do they stink. And it's just all, all the way along. The kids, we love taking them over there, and they get uh, buckets of food, and you throw it in there. I mean, it's just thousands of these fish, but it stinks. It stinks. Can you imagine being inside the belly of a whale uh, with a, whatever it was, a great fish, and uh, just the, the smell of that, no doubt he fainted. And he says, when I re- within me, when I remembered the Lord. Now, it, it wasn't, just, it wasn't just the smell around him that was causing him to be faint within his soul. It was, you know what? If I just listened to the Lord. If I just listened to the Lord. I wonder how much of the torment of hell is going to be if I just listened to the Lord. If I just said yes to God. Here he is in the belly of the, uh, belly of the great fish. If I just listened to God. If I, if I, just, if I just obeyed. And my prayer came into, unto thee in thine holy temple. And so notice how he, again, just is pivot, pivoting again. He goes, but, in verse number 9, I will sacrifice unto thee. I will, I will offer back to thee. I will obey. I will do what you've asked me to do. I will give back to, uh, give back to you. And again, he pivots. And so Jonah's prayer, did you notice? It was not about the wickedness of the Ninevites. Oh, Lord, I just cannot believe that you want to send me to them. It wasn't about, why didn't you judge those sailors on the boat that were more wicked than I? Jonah's prayer was specific to him. It was about his issues with the Lord. And, and I find that when the Lord gets our attention in a storm, it becomes very real between us and him. It becomes like no one else is, is around. It's just me and the Lord, my issue and him. It's not my wife's issue. It's not my child's issue. It's not my, my fellow church member's issue. It is me and the Lord. It's not my, my co-worker's issue. It's me and the Lord. And here he is. He's praying this prayer. Lord, 
I'm going to sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that, thy, um, that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. I'm going to give back to you. I'm going to do what I said I would do. And uh, he says there in verse number uh, four, I, I, I was cast out of thy sight, yet I'm going to look again. Now that word look is interesting. And these pivot points that he has, this word look is, I'm going to turn my gaze. We should have done that before he got on that boat. I'm going to turn my gaze. I'm going to look at you. I'm not going to look at the, the uh, Ninevites and their wickedness and, and our national issues with them, our, our political issues with them. I'm going to keep my eyes on him. It almost sounds like um, the Lord telling us in Colossians chapter 3 that we're to set our affection on things above. Uh, Matthew 6.33, we're to seek first the kingdom of God, keep our attention on him, and so on. I'm going to look I'm going to turn my gaze to you, unto thy holy temple, to your presence, to where you dwell. I'm going to turn my gaze. So in the middle of this storm, this chastening of the Lord, Jonah was willing to call upon the Lord and acknowledge his own issues before the Lord. Now we know the end of the story, and so it's, it's, it's easy to dismiss this. It's easy to dismiss the prayer. But this, this is a, a linear, this, this is a linear book. It's describing a story. And just because Jonah did not end well does not mean that there was a lack of sincerity in prayer. Um, and here we have an individual who turned his gaze to the Lord. I will turn my gaze to the Lord. Now, uh, before we be uh, we could be critical of of Jonah, just understand how many times have we prayed in the middle of a, a punishment, in the middle of a chastening, in the middle of a storm, Lord, if you just get me out of this, I will, right? And so we, we must be careful about that. But what I want us to, to really just notice here is Jonah takes these issues between him and God. Not Nineveh and God anymore. Right now is between Jonah and God. I'm reminded of Isaiah 6 and verse number 5. When God came to Isaiah put the coal upon his tongue, he, uh, and when he saw uh, God high and lifted up, what did he say? Woe is me, for I am undone, I, uh, because I am a man of unclean lips. And then he talks beyond that, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. But his first response to God was, I'm a man of unclean lips. I'm a man. And we see this in Jonah's life. He, uh, he is dealing and praying about his issues with the Lord. And how important it is for us in the middle of, of storms to stop and say, Lord, I want to have a conversation with you. I'm the one in need of prayer. I want to be close to you. I want to turn my gaze back upon you. I, I got focused on this, and then I got focused on that pleasure, and I, I followed my whim, or I followed my fear. I want to focus on you. And so we, we should remem uh, remember this verse often, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray. What was Israel, uh, what was Solomon praying about? Well, if, if your people, God, get in the middle of a storm, a chastening storm, when they come back to you and pray, will you hear them? Well, he says, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. Aren't you thankful for a God like that? Aren't you thankful for a God that was going to listen to Jonah even from the belly of a whale? And if God will listen to Jonah, uh, Jonah and he did, He's the same God. He's the same God. And we can bring that message to other people in our lives who are strained from God and struggling 
well, does God care about me anymore? Does, have I gone too far from God? Nope, not at all. Uh, if God would listen to Jonah, if he'd listen to his own people like he did so many times and forgive their sin, he would do the same. So the purpose of the storm was for the prophet to get his attention. The prayer of the prophet was focused on his own need before, um, between him and God. But notice the power of the Lord, how it was displayed in response to this prayer. Notice over and over we see the word Lord come up in this, in this passage of Scripture, verse number 10 of chapter 2, and the Lord, and the Lord, Jehovah, all caps, it's Jehovah, the I am, the all-powerful the all one, the self-existent one, the Lord, he was the one that had the power to reverse the prophet's consequence. And so he says, uh, it just, just simply, as if he created the world, and the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. There's a lot of power right in there. You couldn't have caused Jonah. I wonder, I just wonder if Jonah inside of the whale thought, if I press this or if I you know, pull this apart, if I can get this thing to spit me up. Think about those things? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> kind of a, who knows? But God, all he had to do is speak this, and, and the, the fish vomited up Jonah upon dry land. The fish didn't vomit him up in the water. The fish vomited him up on dry land. Now, I don't know how far he had to walk in order to get to Nineveh, but he at least got to dry land. He at least got to dry land. And God had the power, the Lord had the power to reverse the consequence or to change the consequence. And you know what? That reminds me that our God still has the power today to restore the years that the locusts have eaten, to change our situation, even the situations that we find ourselves in. He has the power. No situation is beyond his control if we turn to him and pray. The power of prayer. But notice, he also had the power, the Lord had the power to redirect the prophet's will. And the word of the Lord, chapter 3, verse number 1, and the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, the second time, saying, Arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. And so just think about it. Just think about the fact how the Lord had the ability to change his will. You know, the Lord has the ability to change our will, to bring us into circumstances, to bring us into challenges that shape our will, that direct our will, that change our minds, so to speak. Now, no situation is beyond the power of God. None. And uh, you might be in a situation yourself where you need to cry out to the Lord. You're in a storm. You need to just cry out to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm turning my gaze back on you. And so I'm trusting you. I'm looking back to you, and the Lord has the power to change, to reverse that situation. I'm thankful we serve a God like that. I'm thankful for this part of the book of Jonah. Yes, I know, and my purpose is not to deal with how Jonah ended his life. My purpose is just to say, he, he prayed a prayer, God answered the prayer, he reversed, God through his power reversed the consequences, changed Jonah's will, and he goes to Nineveh to preach, um, preach against it. And so, could we just have a couple of takeaways uh, as we close this out? When we go through storms, we should consider whether that storm is for us. We should stop and ask, is this storm for me? Is this challenge for me? Is this problem, is the Lord, are the problems we're seeing in our communities, uh, are you trying to get my attention? Is that, is that fearful law or is that fearful act 
Is that to get my attention? Is the, is the shakiness of our economy, is that to get my attention? Is the struggles within my home, is that to get my attention? What, when we go through storms, we should consider, like a Jonah, is this for me? Is the storm for me or is it for someone, someone else? The Lord uses storms to get our attention. Uh, another thought, when we're afflicted because of our sin, we should pray. We should pray. I'm thankful that we have a God that will hear us even when we're in the middle of consequences that we brought upon ourselves. Isn't that great? What kind of merciful God? In two months, you can talk to me. No, he doesn't do that. He is open. He's ready to hear the prayer of, the, uh, of his child coming back to him. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We have a merciful God. And when God's power is displayed in response to our prayer, we should praise him. Boy, thank God. And we should live in the light of that. We should be motivated by that. And then one last thing. Beware, just because our will is changed in affliction does not mean our heart has been changed. Now, I don't know at what point if Jonah went to Nineveh and, 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 and thought, I'm just going to do the will of the Lord, and then it kind of came up like a little bit like how bitterness springs up inside of us. Like, man, I just can't believe they, they responded to the Lord this way, and they, they got right with the Lord, and he's being merciful on them. I don't know how it, how it all came up. But he went there. His will was changed. He, he put one foot in front of the other to go there. But beware, because you and I can have our our will changed by a difficult circumstance, but our heart not follow. And the importance of allowing God to have our heart that is fully submitted to him. There's no struggle left. There's, Lord, just whatever you want. Whatever you want. And whatever your will is, I'll be good with it. And so as we consider the, the prophet, really the, the takeaway for us is when the storms come, Lord, are you trying to get my attention? Know that you have a God you can pray to. You have a God that you can pray to and has the power to turn around consequences, has the power to change even our minds, our wills in the middle of all that. We serve a great God. We serve an amazing God. And for nothing else, he put this amazing story. There is no story like it uh, other than Jesus Christ himself. There, there is, this is an amazing story that God has put in the Bible. And right in the middle of the story is a, is a prayer a nine-verse prayer that we should be aware of. And so that was my goal tonight, a prayer from the depths, a prayer from the depths. And you might have to pray a prayer from the depths, but know that you have a God that answers. Let's ask him to help us and to, uh, to be humble before him. Father, thank you for your, uh, for your word and this prayer that Jonah prayed. We ask that you'd help us in the middle of our storms not to be, resist you in any way. I'm thankful that Jonah prayed that he sought your face he had nowhere else to turn he was at he was at the depths he was at the bottom he had nowhere else to turn and i'm thankful for this prayer that you put in into your word for us and i pray that you would help us to seek you as jonah did uh, lord to uh, see your power as he did but lord i pray that you would help us to have hearts that are changed not just wills that we'd not just do the specifics of what you asked, but we'd have our heart into it um, for your glory's sake. So help us, we pray in Jesus' name. Why don't you just talk to God right now there in your seat. Maybe you have a storm that you're going through. You might need to just ask the Lord, Lord, are you trying to get my attention? And if so, Father, 
I want to learn the lesson in this storm. Father, we are grateful that you are a God of mercy and that you don't change. We can still pray to you today as those in the Bible did. We give you great praise for how good you are and how you turn around things. We love you tonight. Bless our prayer time. Would it be sweet and effective? And uh, Lord, just guide us in what to pray for. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Let's gather around together, and uh, we have a little bit of a smaller group here tonight.